Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the USF Health Marsani College of Medicine Alumni Society podcast. We are doing a series on the why and the impact of scholarship giving. And I am very fortunate to have with me Dr. Dolores Lowe, who is a 1993 alum of the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine. And Dolores, I am so grateful that you're here with me today. And I thought maybe we can just start out with a little bit of your, your journey around medical school and, and how you got to the point that you are one of our most valued donors. Well, hi, Valerie, and thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I'm honored to be here. Uh, as you said, I'm a graduate, um, 1993 graduate of USF, Morsani um, College of Medicine. Uh, so I started medical school in 1989, and my journey wasn't the usual medical student journey. I, uh, I was married um, at the time, had a young child that I started college uh, the year that she started kindergarten. And uh, so she, she was still a young girl when I started medical school. I uh, was fortunate enough to have a wonderful spouse who was a good dad and a good provider, but times were tough uh, through the journey to try and get into medical school. Uh, you had to be very competitive. So I was not able to work outside the home. And I also wanted to spend time with my daughter and, you know, do Girl Scouts and those sorts of things. Uh, so luckily, I uh, did very well. And I got some scholarships and some grants, um, very few student loans and undergraduate, and started medical school almost debt free. Well, in medical school, you know, the, the competition changes and uh, your standing in the class changes and the availability of funds to, to help people at that time uh, was just almost non-existent. Um, I didn't fit any of the criteria for scholarships. And uh, so I took out the maximum student loans that I was able to do to help offset the cost of living and tuition books and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I came out of medical school uh, and I was, I guess I had about an average debt load when I finished medical school. And it was about, um, $100,000 or so, which if you look at the conversion factor between 1993 dollars and 2020, 2021 dollars, that uh, turns out to be about 1.89 conversion. So about 189,000. And I think the average student nowadays comes out with about 200,000. 225, 230,000, something like that. So I was a pretty average student at the time. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I don't know that anyone has ever done that conversion. And when you do that, you realize that the burden of debt in relative terms was, was not 
that different when you finished versus today? I realize the range may be different. Students today may have $250,000 in debt, but it still was a substantial debt for you coming out. And what was your specialty, Dolores? Um, my specialty is uh, family medicine. And I uh, did my residency in Iowa. So I practiced full scope family medicine when I first started out. Um, cradle to grave, as we say, I delivered babies, I assisted in surgeries and uh, took care of uh, well adults and sick adults, did hospital medicine. And um, I was in private practice for um, the majority of my um, career, I changed uh, locations several times and uh, changed practices uh, several times, but I was basically in private practice until um, around 2008. So when people are thinking a little bit about debt, and I hear a lot of folks talk about it now that students will sometimes choose their specialties based not only on what they're interested in, but sometimes driven by their anticipated salaries or earning potential in an effort to help them offset some of that debt. And I would venture a guess that family docs then and probably still are on the lower end of the income pole, if you will. So that may have even added to, what am I trying to say? Added to kind of the the burden of debt versus what your income was going to be and having a child and other kinds of expenses it, you know, it, it, it definitely adds up and makes it challenging sometimes to, to overcome. And I think that's still true for students today. Oh, absolutely. I, finances always have to figure into the picture of, of a decision. If you don't have endless finances and coming from a uh, lower socioeconomic uh, family uh, who was not, who were not able to help me um, financially throughout medical school uh, or residency, I was on my own. They, they offered a lot of, of um, support uh, in, you know, helping with childcare and those sorts of things. But as far as finances, it was really basically, we were on our own, uh, for that. So I, as I approached my decision about what kind of a career I was go going to have, I did take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I loved a surgery. I, I thought very long and hard about becoming a surgeon. And uh, in the end, uh, the thing that, that skewed my decision towards primary care was I did a primary care rotation and I fell in love with it. So that helped. Um, but also I wanted to have a residency experience and a practice experience where I wasn't at the hospital you know, at all hours of the morning, night, and, you know, never home because I had a, a, a daughter that was, was um, growing into womanhood and I wanted to be there for her. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, is that she was going to be finishing school about the time I finished residency. And so then I had her college to think of. At, 
you know, growing up in a family who didn't really plan for college for their children, I felt like that was a really important thing as a parent to do for my child. So she was, from the time she was young, she was geared towards going to school in whatever field she chose. Uh, but I wanted her not to have the stress of having to worry about the finances and, you know, where she was going to go to school and that kind of thing. So um, I didn't want to do a residency that lasted seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed to be out and, and practicing and making some money. So um, family medicine seemed to give me the option of uh, the versatility, if you will, of being able to practice great medicine, to do a lot of different things. It was interesting to get finished in a, in a very timely manner with my residency and get out there in the community and practice and um, still spend time doing the things that I love to do. So you came out with in round numbers, a hundred thousand dollars in debt, which these days would, would be more than that, of course, relatively speaking. And did you at that time think about, you know, in the future, when I get to the point that I can, I'd love to try to find a way to help other students have less of a burden. Was that something you thought about early on or what, what inspired you to get involved? Yes, because I, you know, as uh, a member of the organization of student representatives and in a class officer and that sort of thing, you get to know the people that come up in your year, the people that come up behind you and in front of you. And so we were talking as, you know, small groups and, and as uh, organizations on that level of, you know, how do we help people that, that need help, but maybe they don't qualify for those kind of financial aid things. They're not extremely poor. They're middle-class, lower, mm-hmm. lower middle-class. They're not, um, you know, they're not able to qualify based on maybe their military or, you know, any kind of anything like, like that. They don't have any special qualifications to get them anything. And they're an average student in a group of above average students. And so in the back of my mind, that did plant the seed. And especially after doing residency and then starting in private practice, and you're able to defer those student loans. So you defer and you defer and you defer. And so by the time I started paying my student loans, that $100,000 had accumulated enough extra debt uh, because of the deferment that it was $120,000, which then added up in about 1996-1997. By the time I started thinking, do I am I again going to be able to pay these loans back? Yeah, it was all of a sudden it was up to over $200,000. So then I am, you know, really approaching what that average debt is with a specialty where your income is not high, right. um, especially to begin with. And um, they're very good about letting you defer your student loans. You know, if you have a year of hardship, you just 
defer your loans and they'll continue to add interest on and your lower interest loans are always paid back first. So it's the higher interest loans that you're sitting there with. And uh, when they, when you, when you finish medical school and they tell you, you have 30 years to pay your student loans back, you say, Oh, that's, I'm never going to take 30 years to pay my loans back. That's crazy. Who would ever do that? That's like buying a house. Um, but I finally finished paying off my student loans in about 2009. So, wow. Yeah. So it was a long time. And, um, basically what I did was, um, I went to work for a managed care organization and I worked really hard and um, it was financially uh, beneficial uh, for me to do that. And they took all the management end of things that you have to deal with in private practice off of my plate. And I just saw patients and and worked like a, a crazy person and paid off my loans. And uh, I, the one thing I haven't done is figured out how many dollars I had accumulated over, over the years, but um, it, I took all my bonuses and everything. And over a four year period, I ended up paying off three, four year period. I ended up paying off all my student loans. And that that's a long time from the time I finished medical school until those loans were paid off. And it's not just the money it's, it's just another thing hanging over your head. So when, um, you know, fast forward uh, another five or 10 years and uh, my husband's business was doing very well and we were giving back to the community and, um, you know, helping out with different charities and that sort of thing, I, I said, I would really like to do something for the medical school and not just for the medical school, for the students, because they're the heart of the medical school. Yes. We wouldn't have a medical school if we didn't have students. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so I get the personal piece of, you know, your history, where you came from and your thought process for wanting to give back and wanting to make it impactful for students and scholarships, one of the best ways to do that really. Um, mm -hmm. Naming buildings and rooms and things is always something people do and it, it's meaningful as well, but I, I sort of have the same personal gratit gratification, I guess, when I, when I know that a student has gotten some help that I was able to to bring to the table. So what, what's important to you as a donor now that you've been doing it for a while? And, you know, what, what is it that, that really is meaningful to you about what you're, what you're doing and with your generosity? Well, I like for it to be a legacy, not just, uh, for me, um, and my family, but, um, from, from our class, um, the class of 1993, I, I really do give to our class scholarship and that way it comes from all of us. And uh, we had an, ex, you know, some classes are exceptionally tight. Some classes are not. We, our class was wonderfully close. And um, I think we're lucky in that we have a number of people who are willing and able 
to donate, but I, I think that it comes from all of us is, is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yes, it would be wonderful to have a building named after you or, or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but I think it's more important that whatever I give goes directly to the students because I think they're the ones that are really in need. Don't get me wrong, um, endowed chairs, um, building projects, those are all wonderful and, and well in need. Um, but that's just kind of where my heart is. Yeah. And that's, I think that is important. It, you know, as you know, I, I am not a fundraiser, but I certainly am a donor. And I think the people who inspire me the most around my, my giving are those that really try to understand what my passion is and, and what I want to do. And, you know, part of the reason I wanted to do this, this series around the why and the impact of scholarship giving is I think Dr. Lockwood says it best that we physicians and alumni are probably the most likely to want to give back to our alma mater and its students. There are community donors and grateful patient donors who also may be interested in that, but they are typically going to be the ones that are more interested in some of the other aspects of philanthropy. And, And so that's it. There is nothing better for me personally than seeing the smile on a student's face when they realize they've gotten a scholarship or they get to meet one of their donors or you know, whatever that might be. And for you, it sounds like you get the gratification of knowing that you're helping to perhaps minimize the impact that the debt's going to have on students and, and really celebrate the community of your class through your mm-hmm. giving. It's, yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And when I was still working um, and I really wasn't financially able to give back to the school, my give back was teaching. Mm-hmm. I always had a medical student in my, um, in my office uh, or even a nurse practi- practitioner student or pre-med student. Um, then as I became more established in practice and I lived first, further away from the university, I had fewer students, but I, I wondered how else I could serve the university. So I joined the Alumni Association, which was a wonderful thing to do. We just didn't have an Alumni Association when I was a young graduate. And thanks to you and um, Bill Carter and others um, and a great support staff at the university, we have built a tremendous Alumni Association. And I am proud to be a little tiny part of that and um, to have been able to serve on the board um, and to help with different projects and that kind of thing. But, you know, as you, and now I'm retired. And um, as I said, our, my husband's business, uh, more than the practice of medicine, (laughs) (laughs) allowed us to be able to have the financial resources to really be able to help. And it was just very important to me, you know, how can I help the arts? We love music and the arts and we were already doing that. You know, how can it, how can I help my community? And, and we do that. 
Um, and then how can I help my college? And I can do that by, you know, continuing to be an active um, alumni and by helping um, to fund scholarships and um, just thinking in terms of how we move the university, the College of Medicine forward, in, you know, into the future. So. Well, as I always say, it takes a village and we, you know, we've been very fortunate over the last 10 years, 12 years, I guess, since I've been involved at least building a, a pretty amazing village. And I, I like the point you made Dolores about giving back, not just being about giving back of your treasure, even at a time when you may not have the treasure to give, you still got your, your time and your talent and that kind of giving back can be equally as meaningful. And for some people more meaningful, you know, not everyone is going to be philanthropic with, with their dollars, but they will give you enormous amounts of their time and their talent. And I can promise you that our students appreciate all of that. So I can't thank you enough for being willing to, to be on the journey with me to build the alumni society that I think we've built and continue to build and really appreciate that you're, you were willing to have this conversation with me today. You know, I told you it would go quickly and it does, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> but any, anything you'd like to add in closing, is there anything that we skipped over talking about that you think is important? No, I would just say uh, to any alumni out there who happen to be interested and who happen to be listening to this podcast that not everybody can uh, or is willing to give back and that's okay. You know, sometimes all you can do uh, as a physician is just take care of yourself and take care of your practice and take care of your patients and your staff and, and that's everything on your plate. But if you get a bigger plate and you feel like doing something, it's wonderfully, um, fulfilling to be able to give back to, to the university in any way that you can be that with your time, uh, your talent, uh, your fi financial assistance, whatever it is, even if it's just for one little project when your you know, former class president calls you and says, hey, can you help with the reunion? I just need somebody to go get balloons. <laughs> you know? And if that's your give back, then that's your give back. It feels good to be a part of that team that you went through the trenches with and, yep. and a part of that university that is thriving and dynamic and training the doctors of the future. And Hey, at 62 years old, guess what? They're going to be my doctor and I'm going to be their patient. So I want to have the best trained medical student be the best trained physician and, you know, have the, have a really prestigious uh, university that I believe USF College of Medicine uh, is training the physicians of the future for. I 100% agree. And I'm right there with you, girl. These are going to be our doctors. So <laughs> I want to do everything I can to help them be the best and help USF be the best that it can be as well. So Dolores, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time. It, it's, it's always a pleasure to chat with you in whatever forum that we have to do it in. So thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for your time. 